Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and today we get to focus on a, a new breakfast spot just off 42nd and Center that is quickly becoming one of my favorite spots to hit, especially for their delightful breakfast burritos, uh, just these wonderful hash browns. I can't wait to get to those. Before we talk with today's fantastic guest, I want to tell you about a special opportunity that we have for dads this year. The last few years, I've struggled to figure out what to get my dad for Father's Day. After decades of getting him t-shirts, ties, and desk trinkets, I want to get him something he actually wants. The solution is so simple. Meat. Duh. And when you want a variety of high-quality meats, Omaha Steaks is a fantastic choice. To thrill your dad this Father's Day, or just get a boatload of meat for yourself, check out the Get Out and Grill assortment. Just go to omahasteaks.com and enter Hoppen, H-O-P-P-E-N, in the search bar. You'll find a drool-worthy pack of 20 items, including juicy burgers, plump chicken breasts, jumbo franks, sides, desserts, and four 10-ounce Butcher's Cut New York Strip Steaks. These things are aged for 30 days. They're even more tender than the traditional cut, and trust me, that makes a big difference. Plus, if you search for Hoppin' on OmahaSteaks.com, your assortment comes with four free New York Strip Burgers. You don't want to miss out on those. This gift pack is the perfect Father's Day gift because your dad is absolutely going to love it, and he'll probably be so excited that he'll invite you over for the big grill out. Happy Dad, delicious food, win-win. So, order your Get Out and Grill assortment for Omaha Steaks today. Again, just go to omahasteaks.com and enter Hoppin' in the search bar. You'll not only save 59% off the original price, but you'll give your dad a Father's Day gift he'll always remember. My guest, this is Travis Liebig. Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Dan. Man, I love uh, love being on here. Uh, yeah, this is an honor. <laughs> the honor is all mine, trust me. So I, I want to introduce people to Sunnyside on Center first, just in case they haven't been out yet and they you know need a little bit of frame of reference. Obviously, diners in Omaha have a lot of options when it comes to getting breakfast or brunch. What do you think is it about Sunnyside that makes it unique and makes it stand out? Oh, you know, I think we we do a different model more so than any other kind of brunch breakfast spot. We do a fast casual breakfast, which some people like, <laughs> some people love it, uh, some people don't. Um, but we tried to kind of fill this kind of gap where there wasn't sort of like this breakfast spot in Omaha that gave people an option for, um, you know, a good breakfast that's quick um, with a lot of like house-made, um, homemade prepared items. Um, that wasn't fast food like McDonald's or something you know similar to that, but also you know you don't have to sit and wait three hours, mm-hmm. you know. So we kind of do a turn and burn sort of, <laughs> sort of a kind of a model of breakfast, and um, you know for people who are just want something quick and fast and great, and can go out and enjoy their weekends or their days, and or as they head off to the office, so. That was kind of where we sort of transformed into, you know, honestly, when we first opened, we kind of had in our heads that we were going to be more of a traditional diner. Um, Opening in a pandemic made us kind of shift that focus. So we wanted to um, offer items that were great for carry out and take out. And a lot of things just don't travel well. Um, I think anybody who's ordered 
from a food service like Grubhub or whatever, you know, gotten their food an hour and 15 minutes later can tell you that like some things just don't taste great later on. French fries. French fries. Do not, <laughs> French fr- do not travel well. The greatest French fries do not travel well. Yeah, you know, French fries. And we thought, you know, do we, you know, do we try pancakes and do we try waffles? Do we try all these like traditional breakfast items and then try to send them out on takeout and have people be disappointed? And as a new restaurant, you know, you're really banking on those first impressions. So we, my kitchen manager and I sat down and we said, okay, what can we do? What items can we make that, you know, people can eat in their cars if they have to, that are going to get to the office and when they get there 15 minutes later, still be edible and still taste, taste great. And so that's kind of where we focused our menu when we started. You know, we do a lot of the burritos, um, we do quesadillas, we do a lot of the breakfast sandwiches, a lot of this grabbing kind of like quick carry stuff. And um, as we opened for dine-in, those items, we just felt like we could never take them off. You know, they became our staple items. And we looked at that and said, all right, well, maybe we don't become this traditional diner. Um, There's so many of those in Omaha. There's so many different options for people to go sit at and have that kind of more traditional breakfast. What if we just become something different like let's just be our own thing and uh my staff and I were all very kind of creative people we've been in bands or you know just the art world and and um that sort of kind of scene of creativity and try not to like fit into this mold I've always been sort of rebellious so it kind of fits into kind of my life and sort of kind of a vision I had for an earlier restaurant which is kind of how this one started anyway so. so the pandemic changed your business model. It did, yeah. You know, we sat down when I started this. Um, so my friend and I, and who's one of my business partners, I've got a couple of them. We sat down at the beginning of uh, 2020, and we're talking about this and running through ideas. And he had approached me about starting this restaurant and kind of a little bit of background about me. I have never ran a restaurant in my entire <laughs> life. Uh, I was never in the restaurant industry. I am a f- avid food lover. Uh, someone I've been cooking for myself since I was like 12. And, uh, you know, travel. I had opportunities to travel around the U.S. a lot. Uh, my former, um, you know, my former job. And I based a lot of those travels, like when I was there, my, my whole thing is like, where am I going to eat at? Not what am I going to go see and do? It's like, what restaurants am I going to go try? What like food am I going to eat? Uh, you are I, speaking to me so yeah. much right now. This, this, yeah. this is, yeah, that's like my spirit animal right there. Yeah. It's like, people are like, I want to do all these things. I'm like, I want to eat all these things. <laughs> yes. So it's like, where can I eat at? And, and like, not, you know, I don't want to eat at Applebee's or Chili's. You know, they have their place, but not in my heart. <laughs> um, like, I want to find the hole-in-the-wall places when I travel. Like, I think some of the best restaurants are in strip malls. Like, hands down. Amen. Like, some of my favorite places that I've ever eaten at are in, like, just hole-in-the-wall strip wall strip malls. And um, so that's kind of my thing. And, and I love that sort of food and um, so yeah, starting off, uh, you know, last year we were talking about it and we said, all right, let's do this breakfast spot. Let's do this breakfast spot down on center. You know, this building came available and there really wasn't any breakfast places in that neighborhood. 
Uh, a couple of them had closed closed down that were uh, somewhat nearby, and so it was kind of like the perfect time to to start something there. Mm-hmm. And we looked at it and really just said, like, oh, we should do a diner, you know, like classic diner. You know, we'll have all the the pancakes, the waffles, the French toast, the chicken fried steak, these things. And then, yeah, the pandemic hit. And we really just pumped the brakes. We said, all right, maybe this isn't a good idea. You know, maybe we just put this on hold. Maybe this is a back burner for a while. And months went by, and uh, he and I just kept talking again and figuring things out. And we sat down and, and started working on the remodel. And it's a very small, it's a very small place. I, you know, we have, I think 30 seats in there. And so it's a very tiny space. And when we started crunching numbers and, and thinking about how we could make it profitable, because ultimately, you know, you do want to be profitable so you can continue to you know, serve breakfast. <laughs> um, we had to just start thinking outside the box a lot, right you now. And, and so as we got closer and closer and closer to opening and I brought my kitchen manager on and we sat down and and had a lot of like long conversations about what we wanted it to be and you know we still had these ideas that we could still do traditional diner items but as we worked in that space and it's a very small kitchen we have uh you know kind of limited uh <laughs> cooler freezer options um we had to figure out how how we could adjust those things to make it run and kind of still fit our vision. And we just had to be flexible. And I think that's one thing with like opening a new restaurant or maybe kind of any business is you have to be flexible um, to, to what your sort of like plan is. You know, if you're so rigid, I think you have a hard time making things work, but I have a lot of freedom. We had a lot of freedom in what we were doing. Um, to kind of just adjust on the fly and say, okay, this is this is how it needs to be. Like we're gonna do these burritos, we're gonna do these these kind of like a more um, trimmed down menu. Like we're not gonna be able to offer everything to everybody. And that that's one lesson I learned, and I'm still learning today. Is you can't be everything to everybody. I I would love to be, and I try to be as much as I can. But you know, some people are gonna leave disappointed that you don't have certain items. And I think that's true with everywhere you go. Oh yeah. You know, it's just, I think as a breakfast spot, it can be a little more polarizing because people expect certain things walking into a breakfast place. And if you don't have them, they'll either adjust to it or they just leave. And, and I used to take that really personally um, when people like, Oh, you don't have such and such. And I'm like, no, we don't, but we have these great items. And they'd be like, mm, and they leave. And I'd, I'd feel really hurt about it, but now I kind of get over it because I realize like I've done the same thing as well. Like I've walked into restaurants and I'm like, Oh, there's nothing that really like is looking like what I thought nothing it was going to be. Yeah. And it's, it's not personal. And I, and, and I realize that now it's like, it's not really personal. It's just a preference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. It absolutely long, answered the question. No, that was awesome. <laughs> and personally, I, I love that you guys have such a pared-down menu because I don't think every breakfast spot needs to have, you know, the whole spectrum, the French toast, the waffles, the pancakes, the omelets, you know, eggs benedict. Breakfast menus can just get so enormous and weighty. You feel like you're like flipping through a magazine, just getting through the menu. Cause there's so much stuff. But with you guys, it's just like, I want an awesome 
breakfast sandwich. I want an awesome egg and bacon breakfast burrito. That sounds delicious today. And it's just like, bam, that's that's the thing. That's what you want. And I I, I always really like places that have pared down menus, honestly. Like the fewer menu items you have, usually that means the more time you've spent on each individual item perfecting it and figuring out exactly what works, what flavors work well together. Do you think that actually paring down that menu has played to your advantage now that you can kind of look back in the long game? Yeah, I think you really nailed that. Um, you know, having this like smaller menu or item menu, we really focused on on trying to make each item as best as we can. So one thing that we do is we mix our own sausage in-house. You know, all of our, all of our sausage, sausage mixes are done in-house. You know, uh, my kitchen manager and my head, he doesn't like to be called chef, so I can't call him chef. He hates that term. But my, my, head, my kitchen manager and, and head cook, um, you know, came up with recipes, and we tried them, and, and we tweaked them, and we sat there and worked for days and days on making sure that they were the right, you know, right flavors and, and right amount of fat. And, um, you know, we talked burritos earlier on, and we said if we couldn't get a good tortilla that we were never going to do burritos. And so we searched, and I mean, literally for like weeks, trying to find uh, a purveyor of like tortillas that we really liked. We we were scratching like, you know, not scratching. We were searching high and low. We were trying to find anybody who could give us this tortilla that rolled really nicely, that stayed, um, you know, that wasn't dry, that wasn't overly floury. Um, but also doesn't break. That doesn't break, especially when you roll them up. You know, we didn't want to be like we don't want to serve you like a Taco Bell like tortilla, <laughs> like you know, or cheap tortilla. And so it took us a while to find one, and that was that was a big thing. I was like, I just don't want to do a burrito if the tortilla is terrible. You know, like if if it's just falling apart in people's hands, what's the point? Right. So it took us a while, and we finally found one. Uh, that we that we love and and we've been using it and so that was a big part and then you know we do a green chili sauce and that was sort of uh that has it has been something even to this day we're still like I'm picking apart and tweaking and that's based off of a, a, a like a New Mexican like Colorado style like green chili that my brother would make he does like a pork green chili uh, that he perfected. And uh, so trying to take that recipe and take the pork out of it because <laughs> we wanted it to be vegetarian so we could put it in our, like, vegetarian burritos. That that whole thing was, like, months of, like, trying to trying to get flavors right. And it's amazing how much flavor pork adds to a green chili. Mm-hmm. And then when you take that out and trying to replicate that or trying to add that sort of, like, that silkiness back into it or that fat back into it without, you know, adding a bunch of pork fat or adding certain things um, that make it not vegetarian. It it was trying, you know. And, uh, you know, when we opened, I think we kind of missed the mark a little bit here and there because people have this perception, again, of green chili, and they think, oh, I lived in Colorado, and I love green chili burritos. It's like, well, it's a little bit different. Um, I love green chili burritos too. Like, and I love the ones I would get in Colorado and, and we based it off of a little restaurant out there. And I said, we have to do these green chili burritos. Who's really doing green chili burritos in Omaha? You know, let's be a little unique. And so, 
yeah, it's it's taken a while to get there, but we are still every day we sit there and I pick apart things and and then my staff hates it because I'm like I think this could be a little bit better and they're like just stop you know, but I I just don't like complacency and I want things to just be as best as they can, but I also have to like realize and stop myself and be like all right sometimes you just have to like let things be and uh, um. I'm kind of like the overbearing parent, I guess. <laughs> like. Well, I, I think you're right, though. I think there is a balance there between striving per, for perfection and also acknowledging, you know, perfection can't always be attained. Like, sometimes, you know, there isn't – well, there is always something better. I, I don't know. I think there's a good balance there. But what I'm loving about this conversation so far is I think it's helping people realize just how much thought and attention – goes into well-crafted food like I think part of our problem as diners is so often we just go to a restaurant we get a meal we eat it and then we're like that was delicious that was not delicious whatever but we don't really think about what went into it and you're talking about months making this green chili sauce which is just one component of a burrito or a sandwich you're talking about weeks of finding the perfect tortilla which again just one component of the burrito like when you take all the different components together and figure out how to put them together. That's a lot of work and a lot of time. And I think it's important that we recognize that. Um, speaking on the breakfast burritos, we need to, we need to hone in on these because I, <laughs> I, I, I'm a breakfast burrito junkie. But my problem with breakfast burritos, and it's not really a huge problem, but they are usually enormous because you're stuffing so much inside there. You've got the eggs and the bacon and potentially potatoes and sauce. So- I mean – Breakfast burritos are usually huge. They're also usually eaten in the morning or for lunch. They are productivity killers because (laughs) they just put you in a food coma and you are getting nothing done for at least the next couple hours. And one of the things that I really appreciate about Sunnyside's burritos is they're a lot more of an appropriate size. I feel like you can have one of Sunnyside's burritos and have a side, a hash brown or some eggs or something, and be perfectly fine. You could even have two burritos if you want, and that would be good. How did you kind of come up with that concept of maybe not just, here's just this enormous baby-sized burrito (laughs) that you're expecting, but here's something a little bit more manageable? Yeah. um, I mean, that was one thing that we talked about. We're like, you know, like, is this burrito big enough? You know, is it because everyone, like, you know, you're on social media and you see people posting uh, photos of burritos like the size of their arm. Like, right. Look at this breakfast burrito. It's so big. <laughs> the and forearm like, comparison photo you know, is very yeah, popular. And I'm like, in, in my mind, I'm like, do you really want to eat a three-pound burrito at 7.30 <laughs> in the morning? Like, what are you going to do for the rest of your day? Exactly. Um, so we approach it as like, yeah, that's sort of like we don't want to be a productivity killer. We want to we want people to be satisfied and still feel like they're getting a good value for what they're what they're paying for. And again, like, yeah, we just, we just decided like we didn't want it to be wasteful either. I think one thing that people don't realize and as you go out to eat and I've done this myself is like, you're like, Oh, look at all this food. It's so much food for like $10 and like half the time you eat half of it. Yep. And then you forget your like to go box on the table and throw it away, or you have some place to go and you don't want to put it in your car, so you just you just leave it. And I'm like, 
you just spent $10 for this massive plate of food, but you ate $5 worth. So was it really worth that $10? And we kind of, I think, get enamored with this thought of like, I'm getting so much food for this much money, and it's such a great value. And it's, it's not really a great value. Like if you're not eating it later on during the day, or if you can't eat it all right there, then you just over overpaid for a bunch of food. Um, and it seems so wasteful to me. And so we didn't want to be wasteful. And again, we just want to put out a really good product that is, uh, you know, accessible to everybody. Um, so we have people who, who love the size of the burrito. They're like, oh, it's manageable. I can eat it all. Like, I get questions all the time. Like, are your burritos massive? Like, do I, can, should we only split one? I'm like, no, you can each get your own burrito, you know, get one of each or whatever you want to do and, and share them, you know, try, try different ones. And, and so that's been a, a big thing of people like that, like, uh, like yourself have, have mentioned like, oh, this is like a good size burrito. It's not, you know, like this productivity killer. I'm not going to have to go take a three hour nap after I ate breakfast. Um, you know, some people have things to do. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, go for a bike ride afterwards. You know, you can do that after eating at Sunnyside. You know, you can go ride your bike. Um, you know, you don't need to take a nap right away. So, But if you do want to gorge yourself and you, <laughs> you want to put yourself in a food coma, yeah, just get a couple and you can do that yeah. too. And I think it kind of plays into what you are talking about earlier is kind of serving as a grab-and-go establishment. Those things are perfect for eating in the car. I've done it. Like, <laughs> there, there are many breakfast burritos that – it, you're not eating that in the car. You need like a fork and a knife or a tree's worth of napkins. And that's just not the case with these. Yeah. And I think that's just another benefit. Yeah. And as I think we've get, as we get out of this pandemic and obviously things are starting to return a little bit to, to normal. I think more people are going to be out and about people are starting to go back to the office. And I think that um, hopefully we have more of a place in that, in that market of being like, okay, I can, I can pop in here and, we do a ton of takeout. Mm -hmm. People, <laughs> I think people like uh, you know, as they dine in, they don't realize like we do so much takeout uh, on the weekends. And if you're ever in in uh, the establishment, you'll see bags everywhere. Like because we're doing a lot of stuff for people who are on the go, and we love that. And that's never going to go away for us. You know, we've talked about it, and people have asked, "Oh, are you going to stop doing takeout?" And I'm like, "No." Like I always want to serve people who are who are on the go, who are busy. You know, who still want something good and a value and don't have to like go through a drive through uh, or a, a, at a fast food chain. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's again, just trying to be, uh, <laughs> um, to be a little bit of everything to everybody in a way. Um, and that's kind of our way of doing it. Yeah. So you mentioned you are very much a food lover, but you'd not been a part of the restaurant industry prior to this experience. No, the restaurant industry is very <laughs> difficult. Even like the hours, just the business itself, it, it's grueling even for people who've been in it their entire lives. How did you come to the decision that you were going to, to jump into that? Oh, man. Um, it starts like you know, going way back, I think like probably like seven years and uh, just traveling. So I worked for a, a company that did uh, tour merch for bands and um, – I get to travel a lot just going to various like trade shows or going on tour um, and doing various things. So that's kind of where I really started to fall in love with food. 
Um, I grew up in a small town that had like zero food options. <laughs> we had some fast food. <laughs> and so when I moved to Omaha, like my eyes just were like lit up. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, like oh, look at all this food. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just ha- have loved food so much from that point, and I remember so many meals. It's strange. I remember, like, people remember certain things. I remember meals I had. Like, meals and music kind of set the tone of my life. I'm like, oh, I remember eating this at this point in time, you know, and or this, this music here, this song. Um, but traveling kind of, like, helped me kind of see things, and, and I just had a crazy idea. I really wanted to start like a little burger place a long time ago. And um, one of my friends is a chef here in town. And I approached him one night and I had this whole concept kind of put together. And I approached him and I said, hey, here's my concept. And it was sort of like this mishmash of places I'd been. Like um, there's a place called, uh, I think it's Death Metal Pizza in Austin. Whoa. I don't know if it's still open, but um, I love Austin. Austin food scene, Ooh, love it. But, you know, it had, um, I think that's the place. But it just has, like, a walk-up window, you know, on the sidewalk. And I love that. Like, again, it's that quick. Like, I want stuff to do, but I want good food, and I want to be able to, like, go. And so I was doing that, and my love of In-N-Out Burger. I <laughs> 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 uh, love In-N-Out Burger. Simple menu. Uh, I think for for a fast food chain, they do good burgers in my mind. I know some people; it's very debatable, um, but I love that concept. And again, it's that simple concept. And so I approached him, and we talked about it. We kind of were working towards it, and some life things happened, and kind of dissolved. And um, I put it on the back burner, and um, became uh, friends with one of my my business partners. And I don't know how we were talking about it, and I was telling him all about this concept I had. And I didn't think anything of it at the time. And, you know, he kept bringing it up in conversation throughout the next, like, year or so. And I was like, why do you keep hugging me about this? <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, it's not going to happen. Like, it just just leave me alone. And he just kept kind of, like, bringing it up and bringing it up. And he's he's a great man. You know, he's a, he's a guy who's he's pretty well off, but he loves helping people kind of uh, achieve their dreams in a way. Um, loves pushing people, trying to make people better. And so I think he kind of took pity on me. (laughs) Uh, and so, yeah, he just kind of kept, kept nagging me about it and approached me about it. And was like, okay, do you want to do this? And I, you know, was sort of at this point in my life where I had been working, uh, for my merge company. Uh, I've been there for like 15 years, you know, long time. And I said, yeah, Okay. I'll take this like huge leap of faith and I'll do this thing. Like I have no idea. And I, and, and you know, I flat out told him, I was like, you know, I have zero experience. Right. And his, uh, his answer all the time is like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> you wow. know, He's like, we'll figure it out. Like there's nothing that we can't work through that we can't, you know, like overcome. And so like his calmness and his approach, I was, which isn't me. I have like a lot of anxiety and worry. And he was just like, no, and we'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And uh, so, yeah, just just kind of like pushed me to do this thing. And, and I'm super thankful for it. I've learned so much a lot. I've learned so much about, I think, the restaurant industry, but also myself. And, you know, being a good um, owner, being a good boss to my, my employees, 
you know, kind of being this leader that I always wanted, I think working anywhere else, I think, you know, we've all had sort of that boss or that superior that we're like, Oh, this, this person, why, you know, they don't, they don't do these things X and Y. And so I always said, like, I want to create a good, healthy, like work environment. I want to be great to my employees. You know, I want to be a leader. So like, you know, on the weekends, man, I'm back washing dishes. I'm in the dish pit, <laughs> and like, you know, I'm I'm scrubbing plates because I don't want to ask them to do anything that I myself wouldn't do. And I think that's a big thing about being a leader. And and you hear, um, you know, my employees, you know, will kind of tell me like, this is the best place they've worked. And a lot of that is because I think hopefully I've created this like great environment. You know, um, they can come to me with any sort of problem that they have. We just like work it out. Like, I don't like to leave things on the table. It's like, all right, you're, I can tell you're stressed. Like, I can tell you're aggravated. What's going on? Like, let's talk about this thing. Like, let's figure it out. Because it's going to affect the rest of the day and the rest of the service. It's going to affect our, our um, interactions with customers. So, like, let's nip this in the bud now and and do those things. And so, yeah, somehow, I don't know. I just I got lucky. You know, I have great partners. I have great staff who have just really, like, kind of helped me sort of grow this little restaurant into what it is today. And we've been open, uh, we opened February 2nd. So what is that? Six, four months, five months, yeah, four months, four months, something four, like that. Four months about yeah. T- time. I have no concept of time anymore. COVID <laughs> just destroyed all concept of <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. We joke that every day is Tuesday um, at the restaurant. We have got Tuesday and then we got Saturday and Sunday. So those are the <laughs> three days of the week that we have. Every day is just Tuesday. When the weekend comes, we're like, all right, weekend's here. Um, but yeah, I, I have such a great staff that have helped me and a lot of great friends who are, who are in this industry that have allowed me to pick their brains. Um, you know, when I was trying to set up this kitchen and sitting there in a bare bones restaurant, um, being like, all right, what equipment do I need? How am I going to lay this out? Um, to be able to kind of like rely on them and have them come in and, and just say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Like, this is the equipment I'm thinking I need. This is what I, I think we're going to need for service. This is how I'm envisioning things going. And um, for them to come in and be like, yeah, it's good. Oh, it's smart, you know, or let's do this one little thing. And that made me feel good, you know, like feel like I'm not a complete idiot <laughs> when it comes to restaurant stuff. Um, and I've had, yeah, people from other restaurants or owners of other restaurants come in and talk to me and they've asked me like, oh, what other restaurants have you like managed or done before? I'm like, no, nah, this is my first one. And and their eyes light up like, are you kidding me? <laughs> mm-hmm. And not to say it's easy. Um, I think I just fell into a really good situation with really great people. So it's been it's been a, it's been a fun ride. It's been a lot of work, and I think going back to your point earlier, is people don't. I don't think if you worked in a restaurant or have sat there and tried to figure out like menus for a restaurant and coming up with food, like how much goes into it, how much work oh, yeah. goes into it. People at the end, like the end user, the customer, will see a, a breakfast sandwich. Go well. This is just a breakfast sandwich, man. You know, like picking the right cheese, finding the right biscuit, finding the right muffin, you know, come up with the right sausage mix. Like there's a lot that goes into it, especially if you want to kind of do things from from sort of an almost scratch or scratch um, way. It, it It's a lot of work to, to, to make a good product. 
Mm-hmm. And you can buy pre form. I mean, you can buy everything. Food distributors have everything you want. Like you can get breakfast patties that are already already good to go. You know, you can get biscuits that you know you just throw in the microwave for thirty seconds. You can do those things, but they're not they're not always that great. So, you know, it it's a lot of work, and I I hope people realize that, or maybe like after listening to this, come to an idea of like, yeah, it's it's a, there's a lot that goes into even the most simple things, and I. <laughs> I was thinking of, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Chef. I have not. I've been oh my told gosh. I need it's, to it's, watch it, though. With John Favreau, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's good. and and uh, But he, there's a, there's a spoiler alert, but he, like, freaks out on this food critic. And uh, he's like, this is hard, man. Like, you guys, he's just, like, freaking out and yelling at the guy. Has a, has a blow up in the restaurant because he's a chef at this, like, high-end restaurant. And he's like... This is hard, man. There's you know, and there's real people behind these things. And I think sometimes as diners, we can be a little too critical. And I myself have done that in the past, and I've now like regretted it. I'm like, oh man, I made a bad Yelp review for somebody, and I'm like, oh, I should have just kept quiet because like I don't know the whole story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, I think about that scene a lot. <laughs> like he's put so much into this this restaurant and to this food, and to have someone pick it apart and criticize it, I don't think people realize, like, there's real... So I think we forget sometimes that there's a lot of real people behind the kitchen, behind everything that goes into this, and sometimes one thing goes wrong, you know? Sometimes there's just, like, you have a bad day. <laughs> and that doesn't mean, like, your restaurant's terrible. I think it's just, like, sometimes you have a bad day, and we all have bad days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, especially as we film this right now, you know, everybody's going through, uh, you know, staffing issues. Um, Gosh, yeah. th- th- that's another thing. Like, places are understaffed. That's going to affect <laughs> the quality of food. And, that, and that's something that a diner just doesn't understand. That's something that I don't understand. I, I fully admit that, that I, even having the knowledge that restaurants are understaffed, I, I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know how that pulls every other member of the team now that they're doing, you know, X n- more number of things. Like, it is just kind of having, uh, just giving grace is just so important. And just trying to, that's what I always try and do is try and look at the positives of a restaurant experience. Even if it's not a perfect experience, try and see, okay, you know, may, may, maybe that wasn't great, but here are the three things that I really did like. I thought that burrito was awesome. I thought that hash brown was just perfectly crispy. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Stuff like that, I think, just creates a lot more healthy relationship between restaurants and customers yeah you know and i i again as a as a customer of a restaurant i sometimes get impatient and i think this has helped me see the other side of it yeah um and it's crazy yeah that you mentioned the staffing shortage i just saw a restaurant in in here in town um that said they had to be closed a couple like a few days coming up because they don't have enough kitchen staff yeah and I think some people are like, well, how many people do you need to run a kitchen? It's like, you need a couple people <laughs> to run kitchens. Like, you know, if you're going to be serving a lot of people, you need some people back there to actually be able to, like, you know, go to their station and do their job. Because if you have somebody running two or three stations, you know, it slows things down and mistakes happen. And then people, um, you know, get upset that, you know, they got the wrong item, you know. It's like, well, that guy back there is hustling, man. He's trying to put out, you know, 15 tickets uh, by himself and um, trying to get them all done in a timely manner. So you as a diner aren't sitting there for an hour and 20 minutes waiting for your food. 
And uh, I think he nailed the head. <laughs> he hit the nail on the head. You know, grace. I think a lot of it is like we do need to have some grace, especially now uh, with there being so many staff shortages. You know, I'm pretty lucky. I've I'm I'm pretty fully staffed, and I think some other places are as well. But for those places that aren't, you know, it's just it's like we have to have patience. And I I, I think that's the one. That's another big thing I've taken from COVID is patience. You know, it's like you have to have patience. You know, people were freaking out when Amazon, like their packages weren't getting there in time. <laughs> or I ordered or I ordered something, you know, on and U.S. mail is taking like seven days. It's supposed to take four. It's like, well, maybe we just need to slow down and have some patience for everybody. You know, everyone's working really hard. Um, and, um, yeah, especially in the restaurant industry because I would hate to see more places close, yeah. you know. There's been so many great places that have closed um, over the past year. And, you know, hopefully with uh, things easing up and people starting to come back and dining, that a lot of the restaurants who are sort of on on the brink can kind of be pulled up again. And, again, I think it's going to just rely on a lot of uh, customers like myself and, and whoever else just to be like, okay, we're going to be patient with this staff. We're going to, like, help them, um, you know, we can wait an extra five minutes. We mm-hmm. can wait an extra 10 minutes. You know, if you're in a big hurry, you know, find another place to go to, you know. Um, but I think, yeah, grace and patience are, are going to be a big key in the next couple months for restaurants. And hopefully we can start seeing, like, places getting staffed back up. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like, you know, for everybody else. I'm, I'm always trying to, like, support um, Omaha restaurants as much as I can, mm-hmm. you know. I promote, we promote ourselves at Sunnyside, but I'd love to promote other restaurants as well. Places I love, places that are doing really well, because I think we're all in this together, especially in the Omaha food community. So that's fantastic. I want to get back to your story real quick and kind of unpack something that you mentioned that I, I just, I think it's fascinating because I think I was kind of in a similar place to where you were um, in that I absolutely love food. I've been very transparent about this. I've never worked in the restaurant industry. So I've learned a lot from talking to chefs and restaurateurs and from, you know, watching documentaries, reading books, but I don't have that actual experience. Like if I were to, if I were supposed to design a kitchen, I would have no idea where to start. You kind of came at it from that same angle where, you know, you had this love of food and you had this general knowledge, but hadn't actually been in it yet. So, and, and you kind of mentioned like, you know, you, you tapped some of your friends in the industry to, to get advice and everything, but what other things did you do to really ramp up your knowledge to the point where you felt maybe not ready, but at least like <laughs> comfortable to, to open up Sunnyside? Oh, man, I don't know. Um, I sat and I, you know, I think COVID for me was also sort of a blessing because it gave me a lot of time. You know, we weren't in a huge hurry to get open. We wanted to get open. We had kind of a target date. We wanted to open at the end of um, of 2020, and there was just certain things with, like, contractors that slowed us down or, um, you know, mechanical hiccups here and there. And so that just kind of kept pushing our timeline. And But it allowed me to kind of sit in that building and, and just, like, envision everything. I... I just trying to like figure it out like okay how do i want service to be you know how how's this kitchen need to run like what equipment do i need and sitting down and again just like picking the brains of of my friends and be like here's what i'm thinking you know 
this is what I know. Like, I'm not an, uh, you know, I'm not an expert at setting up a kitchen, but here's what I think we need. Here's what, you know, doing research, like looking at other kitchens, you know, going out to eat and like watching the kitchen work in places and be like, okay, this is how they're working it. This is how they're, this is what they have. This is what they're working with. How do we, how do we incorporate that into Sunnyside? A lot of it was just so much research, just sitting down and doing a lot of research and then just kind of, again, sitting in that blank space and closing my eyes and being like, okay, how do I see this working out? And I love kind of like putting those puzzles together. You know, I love like vision, like being able to kind of like just put myself in that spot and envisioning myself there working that and be like, okay, this doesn't seem like this would flow very well. Um, okay, or what workaround do we need in such a small kitchen? Like, how do we do these things? Um, so asking, yeah, my friend Craig and uh, my friend Eddie, um, they were like, they've been in this industry for a long time, and, and they gave me just so much great insight, um, bringing my kitchen manager, Eric, on and walking him through it as well. You know, we just really sat down and, and really talked things through about how, what we needed. And, again, it's probably just dumb luck, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's worked out, you know. It's it's worked out, and I think, it, you know, it's I'm not I'm not saying like everybody should just quit their job and go open a restaurant. <laughs> it's gonna work out. Like somehow, you know, the one time in my life I got lucky and it did. So and we'll see. You know, it, we're, I'm hoping it continues to work out. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's I a lot of faith. You know, a lot of faith in myself and just kind of what what this vision was gonna be. And, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, we're riding the ride. (laughs) So, so much prep, so much research, so much planning goes into this restaurant. You even have to, you know, weather a global pandemic. What was it like the first day that you opened? I know you guys started out as just, uh, to go orders. So you weren't having diners in the restaurant, but the first day where it was like, okay, it's go time. Doors are open. What was that like for you? Take me back to that moment. Uh, so we opened on February 2nd, which is actually my birthday and the health inspector came in right away. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, how long you guys been open? And we're like, today's our first day. He's <laughs> 10 like, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> literally. I think he came in like within the first hour we were open and he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, usually <laughs> I give people some time. We're like, no, go through man. You know? And so we, we passed that with flying colors and, uh, you know, the night before, um, I slept okay because I was like, all right, you know, I, I got to the point where I'm like, we're just going to do this thing. Like, we got to open the doors. It's time to take the training wheels off. We're just going to roll with it. You know, we'll figure it out. There's a lot of things that you just have to do, right? I mean, you can you can plan and plan and plan, but until you kind of, you know, start working and getting into the into the weeds a little bit, you just you just don't know, and so it was nerve wracking. And then the order started to come in, and like uh, one of my friends was our first customer because he wanted to be the first customer and gave us a dollar. He's like, "Here's your first dollar to frame." I was like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome." Um, but it wasn't that bad, you know. Like again, doing takeout and curbside was was a nice sort of transition for for myself and um, and my staff just to be like, okay. We can slowly go into this. And for us, it's beneficial, I think, opening in a pandemic because as other restaurants had to flip from doing dine-in 
to takeout. You know, we were able to just do takeout and then slowly transition into dining as we were ready. And I think that that in itself was a big blessing, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, if we were, if we would just had like an onslaught of customers doing dining the first day, I probably would just, I wouldn't, I would have just walked away probably <laughs> at least for a while, you know, or just cried in the shower for a long time. That, that, <laughs> I've heard that's what the walk-in is for. Yeah. Gotta... Well, we don't have a walk-in. That's a problem. Oh, so yeah. we have, we have no place to scream or cry. So. <laughs> yeah. So we just, that's, that's where our dish pit comes in handy. You know, you just, you just wash dishes and cry over the dish. Pit. Yep. Just head down. <laughs> yeah. Tears go head right to, into head the down, water. Yeah. Just put on a little soft music back there and uh, just pretend you're somewhere else for like 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably, yeah. If we had a walk-in, it would probably have been used a lot, mm-hmm. especially that first day we opened for dine-in. Like it, it didn't go as well as I had hoped. And um, like we ran out of food the first weekend we were open for dine-in. Um, because we did, uh, we did a special that, um, people still beg me for. We did this thing called the, is this the Ron Swanson sandwich? No, it was, oh, the, it was the center street sinkhole. Oh yeah. And, uh, we did that and maybe that was to go. Anyway, we did it on one of the weekends. I think it was the first week. No, it was the first weekend we were open for, to go for takeout. And, uh, we just used so many potatoes like and this monstrosity of like this this thing. I wanted to just create. I we joked about it, and then we made it happen. I was like, I want to make this this platter that is just obscene amount of food, like tons of gravy, fries, kind of like poutine, but like an egg sandwich with like hat. You know, just just overload it, and it is good. I think if you ate it, you're probably still sleeping right now. <laughs> months later, it put you into hibernation, but. Yeah, we uh, we did not anticipate going through. I, we went through like, I think like six or seven gallons of gravy in two days. Oh my gosh! We went through so much gravy. We went through so many potatoes. We got to the point where, uh, yeah, on that Sunday, I think by like eleven, we were like, "Well, we can't make anything else, really." Like people were calling in, we're like we kind of, yeah, we overextended ourselves. Um, so we learned that lesson real fast. Like, okay, you got, we have to be better prepared and probably not do things that are super outrageous that are going to, yeah, put us in a, in a bind. Um, but it's been fun. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I don't, it's kind of surreal to me still. It hasn't really sank in like having this restaurant and, um, going to work every day yeah. at my own place, being my own boss having employees, which is, you know, feels like very grown up. In a way. <laughs> um, but it hasn't been terrible, you know, and it's been a good experience. And, and I know a lot of other restaurateurs probably can't say the same thing. I think I was just put in a really good situation. Um, and I have just, again, outstanding partners who've helped a lot. Like, uh, my partner Melanie will give her a prop. She also runs a Site One Brewery. If you haven't been there yet, yes, yeah. I have. Yeah, so, excellent place. Yeah, Melanie's great. So she uh, she helps me out a lot. She's like one of my partners. She does like a lot of the admin stuff and like the business business part that I am terrible at. So props to her. She is uh, fabulous. She's a, she's just such a great partner to have. And yeah, Site One. Like if you haven't been there, check it out. She's done a beautiful job. Uh, getting that place off. It off is the a ground. gorgeous space. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, her and I, <clears throat> you know, we we worked on Sunnyside too, and that's when I love like 
color. I love a lot of color. I love like different colors and and so we get compliments uh, about Sunnyside looking pretty pretty great as well. Um, but she did a great job at helping me out with that, um, designing that, especially like the flooring and and uh, making that vision come true. And uh, so again, yeah, I just I've I've got great partners that just make it really easy. You know, they really do. They make they make they make this. Um, my job's so easy to do. I get to just really focus on my staff and running the restaurant and making sure we're putting out a good product, you know, making sure customers are being served uh, in a friendly manner. You know, we have it painted really big, the friendly <laughs> the friendly breakfast spot, right? Because um, I'm really big on customer service. And more so, I think that, that dining experience is a, a huge thing. I think customers... As a customer myself, I've been to like places that are great, um, that serve wonderful food, and I've had terrible service, and I'm like, I just don't know if I'd ever go back. So we want to serve a good, a really great product, and also be really friendly and and give people this like environment that they want to come back to, even if it's fast casual, you know, mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, these these guys are great, the service is great, the people are friendly. So, and it's really uh, afforded me to do so. This has been a phenomenal conversation, and I, I just love just the peak that I think it's giving, hopefully, listeners uh, into the restaurant industry and kind of what life is really like doing it. I think that, that that's going to be really helpful. But I want to bring it back from my last question I got for you. I want to bring it back to the food. And we talked about how Sunnyside has a pretty pared-down menu. You know, you guys aren't doing a million crazy things, but... You do offer specials. Usually they run for, <laughs> I think it's two weeks, you know, just kind of depending yep. on when you come up with them. So a couple examples. You guys did a steak and chimichurri breakfast sandwich. You did a brunch Cubano. You did a rhubarb pie quesadilla. <laughs> These are just a few examples. Yeah. Um, and the, the aforementioned sinkhole. How do you come up with stuff like that? Is that is that just kind of something that gets the creative juices flowing and, you know, allows you to inject something new? into every day yeah it's it's actually between my kitchen staff and i we sit down and try to figure things out or i'll throw ideas at them and they they hate it it's actually like (laughs) i think the specials are the thing that caused the most tension in the restaurant um because i'm like hey what are we doing like what are we doing and uh i just have interesting ideas for things and it's trying to come up with different takes on what breakfast is so right now we're doing a curry worst burrito and a currywurst chip buddy, which is an English sandwich. Um, and trying to just do something like, again, more creative because we do kind of, we do have like, we call them the basic BS, right? Our basic breakfast sandwiches. We try to have like these kind of like staple things, but like, I'm a big proponent of like, all right, if we're doing specials, let's just make them crazy. Yeah. Like, let's just try something different. Like, you can only do so many things with eggs. <laughs> Uh-huh. I don't know. Like, if you sit down, like, at home sometime and just really try to, like, figure out how many egg dishes you can do for breakfast, it's, you know, there's a lot of options, but they all, they're eggs. So, um, yeah, we just, I go through and we talk about things that we love to eat ourselves, like, you know, curry. We love curry. You know, I love Indian food. I love, like, you know, a lot of Asian cuisine. And it's like, how do we bring this into breakfast? You know, how do we get people to be adventurous eaters? Um, you know, a little 
little surprise is like we're gonna do a like a kimchi grilled cheese coming Ooh. up, and it's good. You know, we're, we've delicious. been we've been working on it, and people I think get afraid of like kimchi. Um, they're like, oh, kimchi. That smells cabbage, weird. Cabbage, yeah. It smells, it's fermented cabbage. Yeah, it smells weird. It's like, no, it's really good with cheese. Like, you start, you know, thinking about these flavor profiles together, or how things pair together. Um, it's really tasty. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm i just trying to, like, you know, help these guys be creative as well. Like, I think sometimes working, you know, in any job, it can be kind of mundane after a while. So I want people to be creative. I want people to have fun while they're working. Um, I want these guys to, like, be invested in what they're doing. And so, you know, they come with me with ideas. I'm like, hey, man, I don't care what it is. Like, just put it in front of me on a plate. Like, if you can produce it uh, for me and we can make it uh, quick in the kitchen so we can still, like, turn our tickets in time – I'm all for it. Like I, I, I really try not to limit them on what they're doing. So, again, yeah, we're hopefully there's gonna be some more like kind of like off the wall stuff coming up. You know, we're trying to. We're just, some of it we're trying to like stay with a little bit more in the lines, like color within the lines, I guess. Um, so people aren't so afraid. But um, yeah, I want people to just experience food. Yeah, you know, I think that's one thing that, um, about myself as I've kind of like walk this journey, this food journey of life from going to a small town, which really didn't have anything to, you know, the first time I ate sushi, I almost threw up, (laughs) you know, but I was like, I'm going to eat sushi, Uh you know, and this is so long ago, but I was like, you know, the texture threw me off, um, to now being like, I'm going to eat everything I can. Like, I just want to, I want to try everything. And so I want people who come in to be like, oh, I can get a breakfast burrito or I can try this crazy thing up on the board that I've never heard of. You know, the chimichurri steak burrito, like, um, you know, chimichurri sauce is so good. And trying to get people to, like, try different flavors, try different combinations, and rethink of what breakfast is. Like, breakfast doesn't always have to be... Bacon and eggs. Bacon and eggs toast. and pancakes. Yeah. And pancakes and syrup. Like, it can be something different. And so we're just trying things, you know. And then I think that's the great thing about specials, you know. You get to just try them. You can, yeah. And sometimes, you know, you what's it, you know, throw it against the wall and see if it sticks, <laughs> you know. So you know, like we tried this Cubano, like the brunch Cubano, and it's people loved it, you know. And we're gonna make it uh, like a permanent menu item here coming up. So you know, those sort of things like help us dictate what we want to keep around, what people really love. And so we want to try interesting things, you know. The rhubarb pie, pie quesadilla, you know, we, we that came on a like a <laughs> an accident because we ordered a bunch of rhubarb. <laughs> and we're like, what are we going to do with this? And we started making, we were just like fooling around and, you know, trying different things. Like in those off, those little like moments where we've got some time, I always just love like grabbing things out of like our, our fridge and just start throwing things together. You know, the Ron Swainson came out of an accident. You know, we got English muffins that were, like, too huge. And we're like, what are we going to do with these? And I was like, we're just going to, like, make a massive sandwich. Put all the meat on I was like, yeah. and Because, like, yeah, Eric, my kitchen manager, was like, I just want to make a sandwich with, like, all the meats. I was like, let's just do it. And I'm like, and then let's just throw queso on top of it. Like, why not? why not? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, like, let's just go all out, you know. That's the fun part, I think, of being a restaurant um, 
like owning your own restaurant. Like you don't always have to like have these rigid rules. Mm-hmm. So you can have some fun. Yeah, I, I'm all about fun. Like yeah. I want to have fun with food. I think food should be should be fun. I think food should be enjoyable. You know. Um, and again, I just want people to like maybe think outside the box of what breakfast really is. Mm-hmm. We did, um, like a almost like a meatball, like a we did an Italian sausage sandwich which had like peppers and red sauce on it. You know, when we first started off to go, uh-huh. and like people are like, "Is that really breakfast?" I'm like, "Well, it has eggs on it." It can be, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll throw eggs on it. it we can call anything breakfast, you know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's not true, but um, yeah. I mean, it's like just. You know, why can't it be breakfast? Who says what breakfast foods really are? Like, where is this, where is this, like, definition of what has to be breakfast? You know, like, I've eaten cake for breakfast. <laughs> I'm sure lots of people have eaten pizza for breakfast. Uh-huh. You know, cold fried chicken, spaghetti, you know. Like, sometimes you just want what you want. So why why do we have to say, like, all right, at 8 o'clock, 8 a.m., you can only eat oatmeal. Like, yeah, I don't want to live that life. Like, who wants to live that life? <laughs> so, yeah, our specials, um, yeah, we're just always trying to think of, like, interesting things that we can do, you know, and keep it fast and casual. So, mm-hmm. I Travis, I have absolutely loved this conversation, A, because I think it's just provided such a good view of the restaurant industry. We got to talk about some great food. But B, I also feel like I like found a long lost brother here. Like the way that you talk about food and just wanting to explore and eat all different kinds of food and not putting food in a box. Like I'm just sitting here trying not to interrupt you, not just going, yes, yes, yes. This is, this is genius. This is perfect. So thank you so much for giving me some time today. I've, thoroughly enjoyed this and i cannot thank you enough for coming into the studio yeah thanks dan i brought you a little present today so i brought your favorite hot sauce oh the yeek hot sauce yes it's a a, we've all been pronouncing it wrong i'm still gonna pronounce it wrong it's like yek 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 sauce yek sauce yek sauce yeah so So it's it's cambodian hot sauce um yeah we do the three but this is your favorite which is the green jalapeno you're the best um yeah so enjoy it, but yeah. Oh, I definitely will. <laughs> Thank for, you so that's much, for you, man. And yeah, shout out to them. They make great hot sauces. Uh, you, everyone should try them. Check them out. Um, we serve them in the restaurant. You can buy bottles from us. Uh, they got uh, more people around town selling them as well. So it's it's great. And uh, yeah, little teaser. You might be hearing more about that sauce on the podcast oh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, so no, that's great. Another reason to tune in or subscribe or follow, or I don't even remember yeah. what Apple calls it anymore, but <laughs> do that. Yes, please do. Yeah. Those guys are great. Um, yeah. Just, just a little plug to them. Yeah. Like it's, it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. They and deserve the plug. They do. It's, it's been a huge, uh, huge success for us as mm-hmm. well. So, all right, Travis, thank you again. And don't forget, go to omahasteaks.com and enter Hoppen, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, in the search bar to get the Get Out and Grill assortment from Omaha Steaks. Your dad is going to love it. And Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Media Production.